Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to part two of Off the Beaten Track podcast with Radio One Rock Show DJ Dan P. Carter. You're obviously here because you enjoyed part one. If you've come to part two before listening to part one, what are you even doing here? Go and listen to part one first, you oddball. Anyway, I don't need to do big long intros for this one because I've done it all at the beginning of the first one. So please enjoy part two of Off The Beaten Track Podcast with Mr. Dan P. Carter. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Is that working? That is working. Good. So, welcome back to part two of Off the Beat and Track podcast with um, my guest Daniel P. Carter. Who'd have thought we'd have, there'd be a two parter? Uh, if you well, cut out all the bits of me just going, uh, and do you know what I mean? Probably just fit it in one episode. What I have become conscious of that, that Pip brought to my attention is. The thing that I apparently say a lot is, well, let's have it right. <laughs> and when he said it, no, you just think, oh, I can't argue that. I just I, thought, fuck. The minute he said it, I could hear me saying it about a million times. And I just and thought, it just plays on your mind, doesn't it? Oh, that's it. Yeah, I, so I'm super paranoid about saying that. I noticed that, um, well, it was pointed out for me. Like, I did that thing when I first started doing my podcast, which is called Swim or Someone Who Isn't Me. Uh, I like that, by the way. I really like what you've done with the, the, the letter in there. That's clever. Thanks, mate. wasn't wasn't me. It was just something people use on, like, hallucinogenic drug forums to talk about experiences of drugs and whatnot. Even Without better. implicating themselves. Nice. So, um, 
one of the reviews on iTunes in the US was like, this would be a really good, I just did it then, this would be a really good podcast if the guy that hosts it didn't say like every three words. And I was like, I don't say that. And then I listened back to one and was like, oh, God. When you, and as soon as I became aware of it, I was just kept doing it more. The worst one I do, I say like a lot and uh, mm. but I think you, it's just something that's going to happen, right? We're composing our thoughts. There's a lot going on up here. That's what it is. Your end. Like, probably not <laughs> mine so much. Like, I've just got that little monkey with the symbols. Like, <laughs> but um, when we'd done hardcore listing and we went up to Manchester and, and we'd done Mike Joyce from the Smiths. Hmm. That must have been amazing. Blew my mind because, yeah. you know, one of my... How was the off-mic chat as well? But that uh, was the, wicked. He, do you know what? He, has, he said nothing bad about Morrissey or Mar. Really? On or off the mic. Desperately hoping for that reformation. And, well, <laughs> I mean, he's, I got, a, he's got a drum. When I got into his house, I was like, whoa, someone's got a few quid. Oh, like, yeah. Um, I think yeah, he no got a doubt. Good, I think the, the court thing must have paid out a few quid. And, uh, but, um, but what I noticed listening back to that is I'm choking at the bit to get the answers from him because I'm so excited that everything he said, I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I just think, oh, you absolute prick. You've just said, yeah, about 4,000 times in one hour. Do you ever get the temptation to cut them out? I don't edit this at all. Uh, I edit mine for levels. Yeah, and that's all we do. We master it to, mm. to get the levels. And then there have been a couple of times after the one where the guy was like, there you go. Yeah. It says like all the time. Um, I cut a few out. <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh, because that's too vague, so, Dan. So Fuck self-conscious. No. I was like, well, this is really annoying. Some people's enjoying uh, enjoyment of the listen. Maybe I should make it more enjoyable for them by cutting those out. And so, I, I did stop doing that, to so be fair. You, did, I mean, did that then take... Did that put it into your mind when you're on Radio 1, then? No, I try not to think about that. Yeah. I don't actually talk that much on Radio 1. Right. I don't think. I don't think I do, because I'd much rather play people's music because it's yeah. a bit more important definitely than me going I like this because yeah. of this Good talk radio for talking right exactly in podcasts yeah. that's why I, that's why I started doing a podcast yeah because I realised that it would be better because everything had to be super short and, and the interviews that I would do would be have to be snappy for radio and I'd still want to sit with Billy Corgan for an hour and a half and talk about how amazing I think he is <laughs> Fawning over him, going, you're, you're brilliant, you are. I heard the other day, I did hear the new single, which I thought was all right. Yeah, album's great. Right. I think, but I'm a massive Smashing Pumpkins fan. First two albums, maybe three. Yeah, oh, I I, for me, first two adore. especially. Gish, They're all great. Yeah. Gishy's spectacular, mate. Yeah. Uh, Siamese Dream is untouchable. Yeah. It's a perfect album. Man, he's best tune on there. Oh, right. yes, mate. And, uh, you know what's up. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, Seva, I mean, that's a good intro. Yeah. I Am One's a good intro. That, how I discovered Smashing Pumpkins was one of the times that Jane's Addiction were falling apart and I'd been heartbroken and going into the rock box in Camberley and I Am, I think I Am One was playing oh. because the, they put that out as a 12-inch as a on Hut before the album came out. And I walked in and was like looking for some probably really terrible funk metal band yeah. or whatever offshoot. Like once you've got all the Primus albums and all the yeah. Fishbone albums, then you start buying, I don't know, Heads Up and Urban Dance Squad. Not that Urban Dance Squad was bad. Yeah. That was Living Colour? Yeah, I like Living Colour. I was more of a 24-7 Spice fan. Though. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big thing. I remember there was a gig in... One night in London, Living Colour and 24-7 Spies were playing the same night. Right. And it created this schism within the UK funk rock community. It's like, <laughs> who, who are you No gonna... one's ever said that ever before. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, schism of 89? <laughs> really divided the funk rock community. Fucking <laughs> hell. Wow. That actually came out of my mouth. But I went to see 24-7 Spies and it was the, good, it was the right choice. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, but when you was in that record shop, oh, sorry, in the rock box. Yeah, and they were playing that. I was like, oh, I've just found my new favourite band. I've just heard one of the greatest snare sounds ever. Oh, 
that so just great. that and it oh yeah. brilliant. brilliant um did you go and see the any of the shows they did on wembley recently no no oh it was so good so good they played for three hours so tell me who's in the band now because he's james it's, back it's all the original people except for darcy, darcy it's um peter hook's son jack is playing bass right and then they've got uh so who's jimmy chamberlain yeah yeah yep. jimmy's drumming james playing guitar but then there's um then there's uh two extra people as well who i which is really disrespectful that i can't remember their names yeah uh, that's terrible Jay Schroeder is right. playing guitar as well I think and then I can't remember the lady that plays keys and sings backing vocals right but it was incredible I went to the LA shows they did two nights at the forum which is uh, I think like 12 14,000 people maybe they did two nights they played for three hours under any other circumstances I'd be like boring yeah um, but it was incredible. And they, they put a bunch of covers in the set, which seemed ridiculous. On really? Paper. Like yeah. what? <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Right. Uh, Space Oddity. Right. Landslide. And... Who's Landslide by? Fleetwood Mac. Right. Okay. I think... And then a, a couple of other shows they did it. They did, um, they did a New Order song at one of the other ones, I think, around the States. Um... But yeah, and it's like, why? Why would you think you can play Stairway, like Stairway to Heaven, halfway through your set, and it not to stand out like sore thumb? And it didn't. Yeah. They did Space Oddity, and it was amazing. And he was walking around in a weird cloak and stuff, and was being very like Billy Corgan. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Nice. And the first night, I was out of my mind as well. So it was like properly overwhelming, and um. And the next, I had tickets for both nights. And then the next night, I, I called my mate, um, who's a guitarist in a band. And I'm not going to be that guy. But I said, you've got to come and see this. It's amazing. And he was like, uh, not really that much of a fan. I was like, you've got to see him play. It's stunning. He's like one of the most, un, like I'd never at that point suddenly gone, oh, Billy Corgan's one of the best guitar yeah. players on the planet. Yeah. Because it sounds like a stupid thing to say. People would just be like, well, well I kind of like Smashing Pumpkins, but he's not. Yeah. He was unreal. It was, he was just throwing in all these like extra solos and stuff, and it, it wasn't wanky and overindulgent. It was just like super obnoxious and just really cool, like amazing. And, I, and I, so I got my mate along, and uh, afterwards... He was just like, it was like watching Prince or Hendrix play. And I went, yes. And he's, he's a guitarist in quite a big band. Yeah. So for him to say that, yeah. I was like, yes, that's what it was like. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it was, it was mind-blowing. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, it was so great. Well, Should, have I not put a Smashing Pumpkins song in this? No, you're not changing them there. Ah. <laughs> Shocker, actually, <laughs> thinking about it. Right. Track four. The first record you bought. So I realised that people would probably come and do these things and they've done it on my show when, when we've had that question come up in, this, in that feature that I said about yep. earlier that's a bit like similar kind of thing. Um, and, I, and I always get like my spider sense tingles when I think people are trying to like, they've clearly changed it to try and be cool. Yep. But the first, so I was like, I remember buying over the, probably over a two-month period, but it seems like a lot more, a lot closer together, buying a bunch of seven inches, some of which were cooler than this, um, or, well, that's disputable, I guess. Mm -hmm. But the, the one I'm going to fess up to, because it was the first one I bought, was the seven-inch of Queen theme from Flash Gordon. Possibly mine as well. Yeah? Mm. Football fight on the B-side. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Because <laughs> that's better than Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Flash, go. go. Flash, go. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was wow. the track. I used to Did play that Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm probably going to spoil it now because I'm not a huge Queen fan. I, I'm not really either. Like, like a couple of my mates were super into yeah, Queen. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I know within the lineage of things that I like, yeah. I should probably be a bigger Queen fan yeah. than I am. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you know, amazing songwriters. Yeah. I've still not seen the movie though. No, no, no. Which right. is which is meant to be really well, I just I've one, not spoke to anyone that's seen it. I said, it's, it's the shit. So it's yeah. amazing. But um yeah, I remember like that was like the perfect nexus at that point for yeah, me. It was like yeah. a guitar band that a bunch of my friends liked and a nerdy sci-fi film that was Did like you watch a, it at Christmas? Uh, I guess I must have done. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you something about Did this. you used to watch the old Flash Gordon yep. telly series, yep. the serials? Yeah. Yeah. This film, I've, I have mentioned this on Hardcore Listening. At the end of that road there that you drove down, hmm. uh, there's a guy there called Kenny, who I'm going to try and get on the podcast, because yeah. his son Mark um, was, was my best mate growing up. And he moved from out the area to this, this area, and I was told that I'd become mates with him because he didn't know anyone. So I was like, all right, cool. So I went around his house, and he had a drum kit. And I was like, I was like 10, I was like, no one's got a drum kit. And he was like, I've got, I've got a motorbike. And I was thinking, you've got a fucking motorbike and a drum kit. <laughs> you're the coolest man in And life. I was thinking, you're just great. But I was like, where's your dad? Yeah. And he was like, oh, he's a cameraman. He's never at home. And I was like, oh, right. So what? What's he make teleprograms? He went, no, he, make, he made Star Wars. And, like, and so I'm like, what? And he's like, my dad's the key grip on Star Wars. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And so... <laughs> And I, 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 I promise you this. I promise you I'm not lying. Um, we've been hanging out for maybe a, sort of a few weeks. We've become good friends. And it was like, when we'd go and play like guns or army or whatever you'd call it, he had one of the... He had wingmen's wings. <laughs> oh, mate. He had a gold sword and he had two of the guns that... Uh, was it Timothy Dalton? Was it Timothy Dalton? Yeah. Yeah, Timothy Dalton's firm ad. Like, so we used to play guns with the guns from uh, wow. uh, Flash Gordon. Uh, and it was on again at Christmas. And yet again, I tried to convince my kids to watch it. And it's one of them things oh, that you're like, literally after about five <laughs> minutes, they're like, why are you making us watch this? Have you not discovered YouTube yet, Dad? It's all happening on there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I've tried to do that a couple of times with, with my daughter recently. Like my son was like, you know, he, he totally got it. He, he got into like, he's just, I mean, Lola is as well. Like, but. They're big Star Wars fans, but there's certain things like the stuff that would come up on, on like Netflix or whatever, and yeah. I'd be like, Oh my god, you gotta watch this. Yeah. And have you ever watched Master of the Universe since? Like the the cartoon. I tried to get her to watch that. Right. And I put it on and the first episode it seemed to be, I don't know if there was anything wrong with it, but it just starts like you know everything about it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it just starts off straight away with all of them driving up a mountain in a tank or whatever. And there's no, like, this is He-Man. This is Man-at-Arms. This is Battle Cat. There's none of that. It's just like, you're in. Were the toys out before the show? Hmm. Was that one of the first toy ranges that were the cartoon was built around the toy range? Are you kidding? Maybe we had Riker, the artist, on, and uh, who makes all the figures and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and Ryan done '80s um, figure ranges, and I'm sure it might, I might be wrong, but I think He-Man wow. might have been one of the ones that was created around a toy brand. Like, well, okay, well then that makes perfect yeah. sense because it literally just started mm. like you're meant to know the entire backstory of yeah. everything straight away. I'm going to get a load of nerds giving me shit now saying I've got that wrong, I guarantee it. And me too, probably. But, uh, They'll be like, oh, you seem to have forgotten <laughs> the pilot episode where everybody's backstory was first introduced. And I'm not lying, there is a bar at the end of his garden, at the end of this road, and there is a Star Wars clapperboard in there. What? That's some good shit, right? That's cool. Uh, uh, so, That's yeah, I'm trying to get him round to do a hardcore listing to do a, a top five films he's worked on. He oh, made Plat- that would be so great. He done Platoon. He done... Wow. Oh, he done everything. He done all that. That's it. Fine. Yeah. He done Platoon and Star Wars. At the yeah. end, you win. Flash Golden, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dan, track five. So... That one was quick, wasn't it? <laughs> do you know what? So, Flash... So, all right, what I generally do then is, is... No, I'm fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It was quick. <laughs> it was a flash. Was like, yeah. um, track five, the song that soundtracked your club in years. Was you a clubber then? Uh, there was, so there was a club in Reading that was, it was... What was it called first? It was first called Washington Heights. Then that's it, an incredible name for a club. Right. Then it became the Majestic. And then I think it became like... 
I think RG12, but by that point I'd pieced out. Yeah. So I would go there and Johnny, who was the DJ there, who still emails me occasionally because he now, uh, he worked at Sony for a while and, and manages bands. And, and he's always like, you need to listen to this. I, I played all those records that soundtracked your growing up. So you've got to cut me some slack and play yeah. this on the radio. And I'll be like, sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, and like he, he would play like Stop by James. Yeah. He would play everything you'd expect from that era. Bit of Jesus Jones, uh, some Wedding Present. You know, that whole kind of indie rock crossing over into a little bit of kind of metally stuff, but like, you know, like Faith No More and Chill. That was the formula then, though, wasn't it? That yeah, was where it that's sort of still stopped. the formula, let's be yeah, honest. I guess so, I guess so, you know. <laughs> unless it goes full metal, you know, it was yeah. it was always, and I guess, you know, maybe more so now, obviously I still DJ them nights, and and before you, you drop into full-on metal, I guess you've still got your boundaries of your... Limp biscuits and Deftones and yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? And I guess then it was Faith No More. It yeah, was Soundgarden sure. and yeah. and I guess some of the you know that Amphrax to a degree. Yeah, like, Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah, Public Enemy. Yeah, like, Amphrax and Public Enemy song was a yeah. That was a game, game changer, changer, mate. Like yeah. I have my seven inch and it's etched disc on the flip side. Love yes. it, mate. Love it. Ah, uh, and then there was the other seven inch which had I Am the Man on the cover, which had a fold out poster and stickers. And stickers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yes, I did go to clubs. Right. But I wasn't sure if you meant going to clubs. No, no. Or going to club shows, like gigs and stuff. No, no, I, I meant that kind of going out and, and, you know, dancing and hanging out with like-minded people. Did you ever, did you ever sort of go into sort of, I don't know how to, to phrase it, sort of town, town clubs, like you kind of... Well, I mean, that's kind where of... Where you what, put a pair of trousers on and, and, you know, and you'd have to listen to, like, commercial dance music nah. of that. Did you ever, no. you know... No, never. Because I was guilty of, of, you know, occasionally doing that on the off chance that I might be able to sort of meet a young lady in there. Do you know what I mean? I nah, did do it. I didn't. Because I used, I used to work in my sort of teenage years around the end of school... I used to work in like a pizza parlour where I lived in Wokingham and loads of those geezers would come in after the pub shut and give me nothing but shit because I had really long hair yeah. and, and they'd be like, oh, what are you a girl? And give me like, be like super homophobic and all this kind of stuff just because I didn't look like them. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'll just go and make your food. Yeah, right enjoy now. your pizza, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a little bit chewy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so no, I was never, never really, never really did that. I think, you know, we, we was probably lucky that maybe when we, you know, the, the, the era that we're talking about was probably like one of the, maybe the point when like alternative music clubbing kind of maybe really was, was sort almost of become a, a big thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because that era that we talk about kind of gets a little bit lost because for me... Looking at sort of points in in alternative land landmarks, if we should, if we call them that, was eighty nine was the Hacienda and the Mondays and the Roses, and yeah. then and then it seems to just go and then grunge happened. Yeah, but in between that was Jesus yeah. Jones, EMF, you yeah. know, Ned Stuffy's Carter, and them bands. I don't think ever get the props that they they deserve. I like, remember going to the Brits one year. At, um, it must have been at Wembley, I think, and it was. It was when the Brits were on and there was a series of gigs. And and one night it was like, I think it was The Cure, Carter, maybe Jesus Jones. Uh, and like, did New Model Army play? It was just, it was like, it was just part of the Brits. Yeah. Was a whole gig of... Good music. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got, we got to pull this back before we start. Sound uh, like old guy chat. Sound yeah, like so, old guy chat. Um, so, yeah. So, so mainstream clubbing didn't appeal in the slightest. Huh? Mainstream clubbing didn't nah, appeal in the slightest. Nah. No, I've got enough so without what, that. <laughs> what did you want from the clubs that you went to when you went there? Uh, a lift from my mate, Tim. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Tim. Ch- cheap beer. Yep. 
and just like yeah and just some tunes yeah and I'd just stand around until like four songs would come on dance like a grebo yeah and then go and stand around for like another 45 minutes until another two songs came on that yeah. kind of vibe and uh yeah was you one of them people that hassled the DJ to play records not really no no I don't think so actually like, cause he, he was wicked. Like he, it, like he knew the score, so he'd cover every, all the bases, and um, yeah, and you just and you knew at what point around the evening certain songs mm. were going to happen. So yeah, you just stand around and and it was still a good time. Yeah. So you still get out and DJ in clubs as well, now? Yeah. That's yeah. Like... I struggle with it a bit, if I'm honest with you. I enjoy it when I'm doing it, but I get like weird, sort of anxiety and I tend to overthink things and yeah it just what, if, uh, before you do it yeah 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 yeah. like in the days running up if I know that I'm because I don't do that many but it'll be like you know I don't know going up to Glasgow to do the cat house or something which is always an amazing time and they're mm -hmm. wicked people there they always look after us as well it's wicked but I don't know I think it's I, I find it a bit tough that I used to think it was because uh, because I used to play in bands and, and I know that like I would go and play a show with my band like after A I'd do like little bands just because I love playing music and you know you get paid like here's 50 quid yeah. and a crate of beer if you're lucky mm -hmm. and then if I'd go and DJ somewhere I get paid more than 50 yeah. quid and get a bottle of rum rather than a case yeah. of beer, and it would all. And I'd always feel a bit like, I don't know, feel almost bad about it. And that used to be my kind of reasoning, but then. I but think, that's good. That's because you give a shit, right? Yeah, I guess so. But but then it might also be because with my radio show, I'm I'm trying to. Like every every other genre of music seems to be that gets pushed forward by the clubs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So dance music is all about knowing people that are making the tunes or labels and getting pre-release stuff and building sets out of songs like classic bangers, but then dropping things in that will work and, and people will be like, what is this? Yeah. So that all the people that are away in the summer in, in like some island in the sun yeah. will come back and then that song will then come out after that whole summer yep. period and it'll become a massive hit because everyone's heard it mm. in the clubs. Do you know what I mean? And that's how a lot of music gets pushed forward. But it seems like f for a lot of guitar music, people want, just want the same... They want, they want to hear the bangers. Yeah. And I've no problem with that. It's ace. Yeah. But at the same time, like with the radio show, I'm, I'm constantly trying to play new, new tunes and bring new bands up. And, and you can't really do that it's if, if in, you've been, in, in a club environment, yeah, not. I mean, you can. You, I guess you can do if 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 you if you've got a, like a regular. If you're the house DJ and you're doing a regular slot somewhere, then of course you can do that. But if I'm, if somebody said to me, "Can you come and do like, uh, I don't know, like a freshers' night or like uh, it's like the club's birthday," yeah. I can't then start playing some weird obscure stuff because yeah. I, I like. It's just not right. Yeah. You, you know, it's like you play yeah, the wrong tune and it's like, yeah. everybody leaves and then you're like a bit like, oh. Yeah. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. And that's when you put on Limp Biscuit, Or? Papa Roach. Sober by Tool. Ah, so... The, yeah, so the track that I chose for this was because I kind of tweaked it a little bit because initially I had put... Uh, James. Yeah, was it being Caught Stealing? Because yeah. that was one of the songs that got played at that club night that I would go to. Every alternative club night yeah. in the world at that point. Yeah. It was an anthem, wasn't it? Yeah. But then, because I've said about three days now, I had to realise I had to change it. And I'd started to think about it anyway, thinking that maybe it should be about gigs that I would go to and see in clubs or smaller venues like when I was just going to gigs all 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 the time I mean I go to a lot of gigs now but it was ridiculous as a yeah. kid it was like if I could scrape money together I would go and blag my way in or if my mate knew somebody in a band you know that was opening yeah. so yeah so I chose um sober by tool because that did get played at a few metal clubs as well mm-hmm. Obviously, but I just remember, like, they're my favourite band. And going to see them in the early days when they first started coming over here was, it was, yeah, it was just legendary. And um, and they've got a new record coming out, so they're, like, they're really in my field of vision, I guess, at the moment. And I'm super excited about it. And, and in that time, I've kind of got to know a few people involved with the band. And, really? And stuff. Yeah. Like, so I've got to know Maynard recently in the last couple of years. Wow. Yeah, which is, which is mind-blowing for me because, like I said, they're my favourite band. And I me- remember going to see them as a kid mm. and being this band is a game-changer. Yeah. You know, when, that, when, when there was, like, gr- they got lumped in with all these different genres and they were so beyond that. Yeah. And they were like Jane's. They were like Jane's Addiction, yeah. like, a few years later, 10 years later or whatever. And um, maybe not ten, but you know what I'm saying. And so yeah, so they're they're a hugely important band for me. And then to like doing the show, obviously, I'm lucky that I get to meet a load of bands that I really yeah. love and respect. And I had um, Pussifer come in, which is his one of his other mm-hmm. bands. Do and I got him to do a Made of Ale session. It was brilliant. So I got to sit down with him and I had him do my podcast, and. And it was a little bit tough because he's quite a curmudgeon and he'd admit that himself. So it was, and I was trying to make it clear that I, even though I was a huge fan of his work, I wasn't going to be like a journalist that was going to yeah. try and twist some. I just wanted to sit down and speak with him. That's why yeah. I like doing my podcast. Yeah. It's just Chat half it. of it is just an excuse to like get to know people. Yeah, of course. Um, and then after that, there was a few things happened where, like, I got a, like a perfect circle, started doing stuff again in the last year and a half. So then I got a few exclusives on the show, and and I I guess I became a bit more on their sort of within their field of vision. Yeah, of course. And then uh, l- last year at the Metal Hammer Awards, I got asked to present an award to him, which was amazing. But I later found out that it was because he asked if I could do it 
Oh, really? Which was a trip. But he did actually ask for... Who did he ask for? I think he initially... They were like, who do you want to give you the award? And he's a huge... Um, comedy fan and he's a total anglophile as well so he was like can we get some of the guys from li- um, uh, why have I gone blank I've gone totally blank massive Reece, British Reese Smith and all of uh, the uh, 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 oh fuck's sake um, come on this is League of Gentlemen yes <laughs> wow <laughs> I've been, having, I've been having those a lot recently. That's not a good sign. Um, yeah, so he said, I knew he said Little Britain. Can he, he said, can he have some of the guys from League of Gentlemen do it? And they went, well, no. Yeah. And he went, all right, well, can I have Dan Carter then instead? Yeah. <laughs> so second best, which is still good enough for me. Yeah, mate. Um, and then before the thing, like, we're in, like where all the dressing room bits were, uh, he goes, what are you going to say? And I went, I think I'll probably just tell the story about when I first met you. And he just looked me in the eye and he went, was I a cunt? And I went, mm. <laughs> He went, was I me? I went, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> and, and that was one of the things, like going to see that band, being a huge fan of them, and two of my mates I used to go to gigs with a lot were mates with a bunch of US bands that would come over. Yeah. So they were mates with Caius yeah. and then through that they knew Josh and right. then became mates with Queens when Queens first came yeah. over and they, they knew Maynard and Adam from Tool. And Tool played, I want to say it was at the LA2 um, or the Mean Filler or whatever it was at that point. But it, it might have been the Astoria, but I think it was the LA2. And um, the show was amazing and I was wigging out a bit, and there was a big metal dude, like proper old school yeah. metal yeah. guy in front of me, and he took exception to the fact that I was like, I think it was even when they started playing sober as well. I started proper bugging out, just like losing my shit, and I wasn't moshing in a in a non moshing area, yeah. but I was super into it, and for some reason he just turned round and grabbed me by the throat, and. And like broke this like necklace thing I had on. And I was like, fuck you. And then kind of skulked away because the guy was massive and yeah. I, I wasn't much for fire. Um, anyway, so then I'm stood with my mates towards the end and they were like, we're going to go and say hello to Maynard afterwards. Do you want to come and say hello? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and uh, where the Astoria was, there used to be a little alleyway around the back. Yep, yep. Yeah. So uh, I remember after the gig going round... Um, so this is why I can't work out if it was the LA2 or the Astoria because the LA2 actually like it went down the steps mm-hmm. into it from that alleyway anyway so he's out in the alleyway and they're chatting to him and I'm kind of just stood in the background and he goes hey man did you enjoy the show and I just went uh, it was amazing it was the best thing ever blah 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 and then I went but some guy grabbed me and, and broke my beads and he went oh you broke your beads <laughs> And then carried on talking to my mates. And I was just like, yep, see ya. <laughs> Best I go now. It was like cripplingly harsh. Brilliant. And yet at the same time, I'm like, yeah, good for you, man. <laughs> There's a lesson for me right there. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah. But it's weird to have that in the back of my head this entire time that I've spoken to him since. And him and just think... Yeah, you were a real dick one day to me, and it was brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Should you ever see him wearing beads, mate, you should just... He's actually been super lovely to me recently. Yeah. Because, like, my mum passed away about a month and a half ago. We was going to do the podcast, wasn't we? And then yeah. That, that happened then. Yeah. That's terrible, mate. It's, it's life, isn't it? Or, or <laughs> yeah, the irony of that. Anyway, so... Um, he sent me a message and he was like, how are you doing? You're holding up. And I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I mate. felt like he was, he totally didn't need to. It's not like yeah. we're best mates on the phone yeah, all the course. time. Do you know what I mean? And then when a perfect circle played, uh, Wembley in, uh, recently in December, um, like his, his manager was like, Oh, do you want to go and see Maynard? So, and I went and sat on the bus and he was like, how are you holding up? 
blah 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 and we just started discussing all this stuff and it was really cool of him you know what I mean yeah that's um, amazing yeah and um yeah it just it was just it was something that he clearly didn't have to do yeah gave a shit yeah and and um yeah that's made me just realise that that you know you, you can it's funny that I'm now in this position where when I was growing up uh, or when I was younger and I was idolizing all these artists and everything feels so unobtainable and, and like you put people on a pedestal and, yeah. and, and they are, they are just people and yeah, they are incredible people that have, have made amazing art, but they're, they're, they're people still the same. Yeah, of course. And, Flesh and bones, aren't they? Yeah. And I think that when those, like there's little things have happened since I've been doing my job, like after my band finished, that that I've been lucky enough to meet loads of those people and come into contact with them, and then and then so my relationship to them and their music totally has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I feel really lucky for that. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. That got a bit heavy. That's all right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> track six, then is, and you've done. What um I can't remember what was six. Well, you've done what what um what Jason done as well, um and you've your hometown you've referred to as 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 Essex. Yeah. Uh, did he what? Why? What did he pick? I, I believe he went for Depeche Mode as well. Yeah, that's the easy option though, isn't it? Mm. Sorry, I've just given away the the artist that you've chosen. But, yeah, uh, it's it's a funny one because yeah, I'm not like. You can sit there and roll your eyes at me, and I'll and I'll just take it because yeah, it's not my home county, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But it is. You've been here a long time now, right? I have been here a long time. Yeah, and as I said, like I, the reason I ended up here was because playing in bands that were part of that South End scene. Mm. That's how I ended up living here. I remember going to uh, one of the guys in above all had like a barbecue one summer and they had it at their mum's house because their parents were away <laughs> and uh, they had a really nice house in Lee and um, and m my wife and me and my son we were all like getting ready to move because we were living in Walthamstow and he was getting ready to go to school and um, and it just like it just didn't feel right. And we yeah. were like, we've got to move somewhere. Maybe we go back because she grew up in Farnborough and I grew up in Wokenham and, they're, you know, that kind of... Maybe we go back to that kind of area. Um, but I didn't really want to because, you know, because London felt like that was where my job was and stuff. Sure. Um, and then we went to this barbecue and then, I don't know if it was before or after, we walked through Lee and just were looking in estate agents and stuff of all houses around there. And we were like, these... There's some nice stuff in this whole area and we could, like our flat is in London now, we could probably f flip that and buy a, buy a house here yeah. in, in this kind of area. Um, and that's how I ended up in Essex. Lee's a really lovely place, mate. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> Even though we discussed the toe rings and uh Oh well we can that? we can always talk about time. the toe rings, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've still not noticed that, but then I guess Wait I'm for the summer <laughs> and just, just hang around outside the hairdressers. You'll see someone, you'll see Down by the Peter boat, people in flip flops with toe rings. Absolutely, mate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what track have you gone for, Dan? Uh Personal Jesus. So yeah, so by default they're not really I guess they are. Like Essex. I feel I can. I've lived here long oh. enough to say that this is. Like, how long have I been here now? Hang on, quick maths. Sixteen years. You've earned your stripes, mate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus, because, uh, like, I was never a huge fan, but my brother was, mm -hmm. and. It's only as I kind of, got older. And they sort of changed. Like, I look back now on the really synth pop era stuff mm -hmm. and think it's wicked. Mm -hmm. But it, ne it never really clicked at the time. But as I was sort of changing and, and then they started changing and became like weird kind of electro rock gods, like proto Nine Inch Nailsy type stuff, 
that's when I was like, yeah, this is the shit. Um, so yeah, I think that was a great era for them. And even and it's obviously was was probably like a really miserable, tough era for him, especially for Dave because he was. I think he it was, was quite a, in a bad place when he. I think it was the following album that it got really dark. Yeah. Um, okay. I, that, that's on Violate, uh, Personal Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's maybe eighty eight. Okay. Um, maybe eighty nine. Mm. Um, obviously, that was the album that enjoyed a silence and policy. Yeah. I, I'm a massive, massive freak fan. Yeah. Um, but then I think ninety two, maybe. Okay. All no, of a sudden, pair. Dave. Yeah, Dave gone surfaces on the front of queue with long hair, tattoos. You know, and and all yeah. of a sudden he's the and, and, and the single I feel you. And uh, it was yeah. like, fucking hell, man, what's happened? Like, mm. this band's just... And that album... Maybe some, I'm getting my albums mixed up. Songs then. of Faith and Devotion, that album, mm. that's that's my favourite mode album by a mile. And, yeah. uh, and seeing him live at that point as well, it was fucking heavy. It yeah. was like, he was probably the greatest frontman I've ever seen in the band. He like, still looks great. It's amazing. And, I saw uh, him at that O2 show. When was that, like... They've done it quite a couple a few of years times ago. In, yeah, in recent years. And he yeah. had like a little yeah. pencil tash, yeah. little sort of spark style pencil yeah. tash, and he still, yeah, he was. It bothers me just stuff like on that, it. right? What? Because he can do that hmm. and have that sparks kind of chic look. If I had a pencil moustache, I'd do it like a bloated Mickey Pierce. Like, it just wouldn't fucking work. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I guess you've got to have <laughs> got to have those millions and millions of album sales behind you. I think so. Maybe it's a ticket to just go. Well, look like there you go. Look at what we were saying about Navarro earlier. Having yeah, somebody exactly, you know, draw his six pack in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, um, personal Jesus. That's that's got a great guitar line to it. Yeah, it? like just, it's just amazing. Stomps and it still sounds fresh as a daisy when you hear it. It does, and. Uh, and yeah, and uh, are you are you a proper massive nerdy fan then? Yeah, massively. That's like, wicked. Um, I'm in a band with a geek. Well, I was in. Um, I don't know if I'm still in a band with him. So I play in Bloodhound Gang, and Jim, the the singer, mm. is a hu- like huge, yeah. huge Depeche Mode fan to the point where like they'd be on tour back in the day. And they'd have a day off, and he'd just go, "Well, we're going to go and park the bus in Basildon, so I can just walk around Basildon." Mm. I'd be like, "Why are you doing? Why are you doing that?" Yeah, because there was this <laughs> thing where it was all the Boston bands. It was like Pixies and Pumpkins were Boston, weren't they? Chicago. Who was the other Boston band? Um, and they were all obsessed with fucking like Depeche Mode and Basildon. And I remember like... It's funny, yeah. Yeah, it was really strange. And for me, like... <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. When you actually I mean. look at it, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, it's Frank Black just strolling around Debenhams in, uh, in Basildon. <laughs> All right. um, but obviously they were, they were the resident band at the Toothbrush. Like, yeah. You know, they, yeah. That, that's, that's a, you know, there's footage. It's, it's out there. It's on YouTube. There's, you know, I've got a desk recording of one of their, their very, very sort of first shows like and it's, it's wow. pretty special i mean yeah. it doesn't sound particularly great but um but yeah it's it's something that i you know i treasure and yeah. uh, and oh, just and and again like you know i know we mentioned the wonder stuff and, and bands of that year we're not getting their 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 you know their, their credit um i think depeche mode last year were the played to the most arenas and the most American people in America than any other British band. Yeah. And I mean, like, when they broke there, they just became enormous. Have you ever enormous. seen the, 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 well, the album 101, but they made a film, and on, I think it was Anton Corbin, um, yeah. made the, the, the documentary 101 and they're playing the Pasadena Bowl and you just think, fucking hell, how are these four lads from Basildon, you know, got here? Yeah. Like, well, obviously great records, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, fiercely proud of, uh, of I can that. imagine they... I'd like to think that they probably still have those moments as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would have thought so. Humbling, isn't so. it? Yeah. So in regards to sort of hometown, and if we talk, you know, immediate areas and things like that, you know what... Other bands, what, for me, it would probably be like where I grew up in Reading, it would be what, like Slow Dive and... Nice. Chapter House was Reading, wasn't it? Oh, mate. 
Fucking hell. I saw Slow Dive mm. this summer. Yeah. Um, supporting the Cure. Yeah. And uh, got to see Ride for the first time as well, which was nice. Ride was Oxford, wasn't it? It was. It yeah, because they were up the street. Because when I was a lot younger, they would that whole scene really came up, didn't it? And I used to work in a little record shop in Reading. And they would all come in and, and buy albums and stuff. And, and I remember, like, it was like, whoa, these local bands all of a sudden are just like... So yeah, like you say, playing with all these massive bands and being on the cover of Melody Maker and Chapter S and Slow Diver from Reading. Yeah, oh, I think man. so. Shoegaze Central. Yeah, yeah. That's it's weird how little scenes come up like yeah. that, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I've I've definitely in the last few years seen a kind of resurgence in that shoegaze sound. Yeah, definitely. for sure. And like for me, the sorry, I interrupted you as well. Go on, tell us what you were going to say. No, I was going to ask you about. Um, Live venues in, in, in the area you live now. But but before that, I just want to go back to that shoegaze thing. And I thought the first shoegaze record I'd heard in years and years that reminded me of what Ride was doing yeah. was Minerva by Deftones. Yeah. When I heard that, I just thought, that's fucking shoegaze. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Like, Chino loves all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? He's obsessed with Depeche Mode. Oh, mate. Well, they, so obsessed. They done a, a, someone put together a tribute album um, to Depeche Mode and Pumpkin's done Never Let Me Down Again yeah um, I think Ramstein done Stripped um, yeah what was it that that, uh, that they done fucking hell uh, Deftones done there was a band called Failure that done Enjoy the Silence that Failure. was amazing Failure's a brilliant band like, the first I'd heard of them they support I remember seeing them support Tool back in the day. Right. And then A got to record with Ken Andrews, who's the singer guitarist in Failure. And ah. for me that was a massive deal. Yeah. Massive. Mate. I loved that band. So yeah, the, the the initial question, Dan, was like um <laughs> live venues in the in, in sort of you know, let's, let's in say Medin. Or Essex. Oh, I mean Nah, nah. nah. You know, where, what do you think the live scene's like in in the area that we live in? I don't know. I think for South End, obviously Chinneries is is yeah. Like they're still doing great stuff there. Yeah. And it it's pretty broad as well. And I think it's still it's, you know, it's still one of the places on the on the touring map. Yeah. So outside of that I wouldn't really know. To there be ain't a lot. There no, isn't a lot. I remember like when, when we were doing stuff and you'd go to like the Army and Navy and stuff Wife in Club. Chelmsford. Yeah, and yeah, it felt like there was like more. And like the Esplanade as well, we played that, obviously as we were saying. Yep. Yep. Saw some incredible bands in there, mate. Pearl Jam's first ever UK show was. I in wasn't there. Made. Everyone else and no, their dad I mean, was there. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, a lot of other people. Yeah. Were, oh yeah, I was there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course you was. Yeah. But uh, I did see. And Sax in Southend, like uh, people used to put shows on in there and in um, sunrooms upstairs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough gig being a, a doing the live promotions around here now. You know, yeah, obviously the, the toothbrush was on the map for years, and yeah. you know all, all of the slow dives and the chapter houses and all of them bands all come through and played, and and it's just because we're predominantly a, a club at the weekends. Yeah. To try and get you know four bands in the area to come and play on a Thursday night in Rayleigh, and then have to pay to get the, the sound system in there, and you know, or the desk, and and then security, then. And then each band brings 10, 15 people. Yeah. You're 500 quid down before you've opened the doors. And it's like, and yeah. it makes it really tough. And, and to, to book the bigger bands now, you know, back in the day, it was that thing where you, you sort of kept the agent sweet and you put a couple of their breaking bands on and then they give you a sniff of the, the better stuff. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. that, that, that seemed to stop. And, like, yeah. and, and, and that, you know, just comes at the, the detriment to the idea of doing live in the venue. So, you know, we we had to sort of step away from. We still do a few things. We put Lee Scratch Perry on the other year. Wow! And uh, that was how was good. that? Yeah, it was mega. Yeah, I mean, we, we, it's really weird as a venue. I, I don't Did wanna... you meet him? No, no. But I, I've met some strange people in there. Like that. Have done, <laughs> I mean, Ice T played the Pink Toothbrush. Like no that's quite mad. Like yeah. you know, when Power come out, he come out. First of all, he, his wife come out in the bikini that she yeah. wears on the sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like he he done that. Boogie Down Productions, sort of Karis one there. Wow. Like we, we, we had some, we had some serious hip-hop there like for quite a while. And wow. uh, anyone that come over at that point would, would, would come and do the pink toothbrush in Rayleigh, which, which made no sense. But, uh, imagine, yeah, like imagine. Bambata. Um, yeah, we've had some, had some uh, De La Soul. Like, yeah, had some crazy stuff. Like, I guess it's no different from bands from here going over playing the States and ending up in like 
I don't know, like the Stone Pony. Is it Stone Pony in, in New Jersey and stuff like that? You know, yeah. like just little hubs of, yeah. of like a stronghold. Yeah. We've still got the contract and it's laminated now. Uh, it was on the wall for a while, but we've still got the contract um, that the Pink Toothbrush hereby agrees to pay Radiohead the sum of £70 plus case of beer as main support actor Sultans of Ping. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that now. <laughs> That'd do, wouldn't it? Wow. But just imagine them as well, going out on tour with Sultans of Ping. Yeah. Yeah, you're going on tour supporting the band that, you know, got Where's My Jumper, that song. Brilliant. At some point in your career, you will make OK Computer. Yeah. But right now, you're doing this. Brilliant. That's wild. I mean, Where's My Jumper, that would have been on the playlist at the Alternative Club back in the day, mate. Right. Final track, Dan, and this is when the DJ and you can can come to the forefront now, and and you can you know you can play some stuff that you think people may not have heard before. Oh yeah, I, so this was another one I added this morning because yeah. I hadn't actually thought, like because there's just too many to say. Yeah. Like, how do you even pick anything? Um, so I went with an older song that I'm. I'm obsessed with this album called Adviatic Songs by a band called Om. And uh, the first song on the record is a song called Addis. And <laughs> it's a bit of a weird Om one. spelled O-M. O-M. Yeah. yeah. And the song is, like, all the lyrics are actually like a, just a mantra <laughs> called the Mahamitranjaya Mantra, which is like a mantra for... Um, for like if when people are struggling with things like either mentally or physically with illnesses it's meant to make them feel calm them and also make them feel like reinvigorated and it's meant to have healing effects and blah 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 do you subscribe to that uh yeah a little bit mm-hmm. you know i'm weirdo <laughs> but, um, edge days coming back, yeah exactly <laughs> but um but the uh, like before when I first heard it, I didn't know what it was. So it's just this chant and it's sung in like a really weird ghostly manner. It's not actually somebody in the band singing it. It's, um, uh, it's somebody that's just singing on the record. How did you get introduced to it? Oh, I know the band Om anyway, cause right. they used to like two of them used, uh, is it two of them used to be in sleep? Right. Um, and like they'd done a couple of records before, but that record is is amazing. It's like su- if you like kind of stoner doom kind of music, but it's not very metal right. at all. It's just super trancey, and yeah, it's hard to describe. Really hypnotic and looping and. What's the likelihood of that being on Spotify? I've not oh, had a yeah, chance. It's on. It is. Yeah, oh, right, it is. okay. Because obviously, um, I'll put together a Spotify playlist yeah. for all of these so people can go and have a listen as it's well. It's just amazing. Like, I got asked to do a, a thing recently for um, Radio 1. Like, they, every year that, or whenever there's one of the, like, the Attenborough shows, you know, like Blue Planet or Blue mm-hmm. Planet 2, they would do this thing where they asked people at work, other DJs, to make a playlist. Because obviously, those things, like, when they did Blue Planet 2, there's thousands of hours of footage that never got shown. Yeah. Because, I mean, because they, you know, yeah. a team will go off to the Arctic or whatever and film yeah. for a year, and then another team will be here and doing the same. So there's all this footage. So what they decided to do was, like, how are we going to, you know, make... Sh- it's a shame to waste all yeah. this amazing stuff. So one of the things was they decided they were going to make short, like... 25 minute 30 minute videos of just footage and then getting DJs from Radio 1 to make a playlist of music to go with it so they did the Blue Planet 2 one and I didn't get asked and I was pissed I was really bummed out I really wanted to do it yeah (laughs) because I thought like that like a load of amazing people did it like Annie Mac did one Benji B did one uh, I can't remember who else actually, but you know, it made perfect sense, yeah. right? But I, I knew that you could take some of this footage and, and, and use a lot of like the more kind of post rock type stuff and make it like an epic stoner. Yeah. Like one of the things I used to do on tour with, with like a couple of mates, 
it's like if we were on a if we were lucky enough to be on a bus after a show would just be like get hammered and then just put like snowboarding videos on and then a and then and then people would just like kind of DJ and play music. Yeah. And then you get to that point in the night where all of a sudden everything starts cutting in time with the yeah, music. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it feels like you're totally on a, you, yeah. you've suddenly hit a plateau of, yeah. of uh, next level uh, being wasted. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it all makes sense. And I thought I could do a really good one of those yeah. with some of this stuff. And, um, and I didn't get asked to do it. And, and it really bummed me out. So I, so I, got a load of footage that had been in like some of the shows and then like trailers and stuff and then cut it together and then made a playlist and then sent it to some people at, at Radio 1 and went, I really wanted to do this. And uh, the guy that was in charge of visualization, who's the guy that I mentioned earlier about Metallica, mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, this is awesome. You should, should have done one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, no shit um, so then when they started doing that thing which I still not watched yet is it called Empires yeah I didn't get to, I haven't had a chance to watch it because I think it was on Sunday nights wasn't it it was yeah yeah it was when I was obviously doing my show uh, so when that came up they they sent me an email and they were like when, we're going to send you half an hour of footage do you want to make a thing I was like yes hmm. um, so the, the footage I got sent was of a like a, a forest fire and then and then like suddenly all the clouds build and it starts raining and it puts out the fire and then all this new stuff starts growing and and there's loads of mushrooms growing getting rained on yeah, and stuff wicked. And, and it was awesome footage so i i totally overthought it and and saw that there's like this narrative arc in it so then i put all this music together and one of the songs was from that om album yeah and it just and as soon as I, I went, I used this song for this first half of the thing, even though they just sent me all this pre-cut video, it, it started doing that thing where suddenly things were cutting in time or yeah. seeming to fit perfectly yeah. with what, what was happening yeah. in the music. Um, so, yeah, so I, so I did one of those, and it, and it just seemed so special and right. Yeah. But it's an amazing album. It's a proper one of those ones where if you're driving at night where you suddenly just feel like you've been immersed in this sort of other reality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where, where it's, it just suddenly sounds, tracks what you're doing yeah. perfectly. Yeah. It's a great record. It's pretty magical. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I had a, it's really weird. I had a, it doesn't happen to me that much because hmm. generally if I'm driving, it's when I listen to podcasts. Me too, a lot of the time. But... Um, Last time I was driving through Scotland, and, and I went via the lakes first, and uh, and there's just this piece of, it's it's, it's from the, the film Shame. It's from the score, and yeah. uh, and it's this beautiful piece of classical music. It's just all strings, and for some reason, it, I just put me I put on shuffle as I was driving, and I was literally driving through these mountains, and that come on, and knowing you just think. This was meant to happen. It all aligns, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it all just seems to sort of sync. And like, and it is. It's, it's a very fucking mad thing. Yeah. And like, and, it, and beautiful as well. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I I am gonna check out on. Yeah, uh, it's a great record. That's the one though. Like all the other stuff's good, like really good. Yeah. But that that particular album is. So the track's called Addis. What was the album called again? Advietic songs. So it's A D V A I T I C right. songs, and the cover is like an old. Uh, like it looks like an old Christian icon, you know. So it's yeah. like a picture of like a saint with with gold. Right. I think. Okay, I will find that and add that to the playlist. I'm gonna check now. Um, Dan Carter, where can people hear your radio show and when? Uh, BBC Radio One, Sunday nights at nine pm. Splendid. Uh, my podcast is called Someone Who Isn't Me which you can search on like iTunes and Acast and Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's me just having weird, rambling, magical, mystical chit-chat with people that I really like. Some guests such as ones we've spoken about today, Maynard. So, yeah, Maynard from Tool, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Chino from Deftones, 
uh, Laura Jane Grace from Against Me, Alan Moore, which was pretty special. I can imagine. Um, yeah, things like that. I mean, there's that some good stuff to be getting on with there, right? Yeah, I think so. And where can people look at your art? Uh, just on my Instagram, I guess. Okay, which, which is, is just at Daniel P. Carter. Wicked. Well, I'll tag you in all the um, the stuff when we put this out, Dan. Thanks, mate. Um, mate, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you very much, mate. Sorry for the rambling. Mate, I love a ramble. <laughs> there you go. End of the podcast. What a great chat. What a top fella. Um, yeah, I think it's safe to say by listening to that, you could tell that we got on well. We're, we're, we're very similar in age and we've got very similar sort of journeys of, uh, of, of musics that we've listened to. And, uh, and so that, that makes the conversation so easy and uh and yeah it was a real real pleasure to chat to dan so thanks ever so much for listening and uh, go and give dan's podcast a listen and is that all i've got to say oh and if you like this as well there's a patreon page so i put out a weekly radio show over on there so you can go and have a listen and play loads of records and have guests and and we just talk about the records we're playing and sometimes it's about certain years sometimes it's about certain uh, gigs that we've all been to and things like that so go and give give that a go and the best thing to do for anything because we've got merchandise is, is just if you head over to www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com and it's got everything there so go and have a little looky and uh, I'll see you next time thanks again for listening see you soon bye bye it's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.